0: welcome back to another episode of atelier 1121 this is season three episode four and our special guest today is a very special friend an old friend of mine his name is trevor but many of you guys know him as the rift and when i say the rift i mean t-h-a space r-i-f-t a extremely talented lyrical artist political strong family values, and all about uplifting community. Please take a second with me and kick back and get to know the Rift. Thank you for joining me today on Atelier 1121. I truly appreciate it, Trevor. Um, My first question is, where are you from?
1: Uh, I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, Originally, I was born in San Diego, but I moved to Cleveland when I was four, and I ultimately left Cleveland when I was like 20 years old.
0: Okay. Um, and how did growing up in the Midwest affect your music?
1: Um, it affected me, I mean, almost every day, just because I was listening to not only rap music, but all types of music every day. Because my father DJed for, like, he's still DJ. So just watching him practice in the basement on all the records, that's what kind of got me into music. And then growing up on different sounds, different types of music, growing up on Cuddy music, King Chip. Uh, MGK, uh, you know, that type of shit, listening to those type of artists, uh, and then just kind of seeing from making beats with people to collaborating and seeing people on stage and seeing how that kind of react, the crowd react to certain music that we were making at the time, it was kind of just all collectively kind of just shaping me in and and getting more interested in music.
0: Um, Did you always know you wanted to do music? Um, Yeah, I
1: kind of knew. Uh, I just didn't know exactly what age I knew, but I kind of knew I had a thing for music, uh, just because my dad was always DJing, he was always playing music, I was always listening to music. Uh, and one thing, one thing that always messed me up was the fact that like I would listen to all the music, like all my friends would listen to, but I would never be able to remember any of the lyrics. So then I always hated when I was around all my friends or you know you're out or somewhere and everybody knew all the lyrics and we didn't know them you know what i mean so yeah. uh it just it just inspired me to kind of keep listening to more music just so i can be out there enjoying and reciting lyrics with my friends so i wouldn't feel like i was like left out because i didn't know the lyrics <laughs> so it was like part a partially like an insecurity that kind of basically was like man let me let me listen to some music and and get in with my friends and and and, and, and you know it was just that lack of acceptance you know what i mean like for me yeah. Just trying to feel like, oh, you know, I want to fit in. I want to be accepted. I, I know the music, too. You know what I mean? Just trying to be a cool kid, essentially.
0: So what moment in music changed you forever? Like, what was that one song?
1: Um, Man, that's a hard question. Do I
0: have, Do I have that one song that kind of shaped me? I think there's
1: a few records like that. But for me personally, anytime I listen to any song and I get chills as I'm listening to that record, then I know it's a hit record or I know it's doing something to my energy and my soul because of how I'm reacting to listening to that.
0: So like, for I don't me, know if you've
1: ever had like, yeah, go yeah,
0: ahead. I have like for me, it's within that first 30 seconds. I know whether it's like this is going to be a song I'm going to replay every day. So, OK. Yeah. For you, what is it? Yeah.
1: Uh, for me it's 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 that chill factor, and i usually I can usually do the same thing but I, I can tell okay I'm about to play this tomorrow today <laughs> like right now, my current favorite record right now is what next what's next and knees and Wants by Drake from scary nights he just dropped it mm-hmm. I played that shit for an hour on a loop on the way to the shoot today okay, okay, see what's about to happen next okay like I don't know it's a whole it's it's, it's this week's anthem and then by next week I might have another record I'm fucking with you know what I mean, but for me uh it, it's it's that thirty second factor, and if I get chills, if I hear it, then I know it's like, yep, this is a keeper I'm 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 listening to this, but also at the same time now there's been a few other incidences. Where some records I wasn't really rocking with, and then at a later time I was in a different mindset, and now I'm in love with that record because now it resonates with me at a different time in my period, to where in my life, to where I can actually relate to it now. Because I might be feeling sad, or I might be feeling in a good mood, or I might be facing an issue that's re- re- relatable uh, in in that particular song or, or that energy. My energy just might be in that vibe at that moment. You know what I mean? So it just depends on. Sometimes, sometimes records take time to grow. Uh, yeah. grow into, you know what I mean? You, you mm-hmm. just grow, it just grows on you, you know what I mean?
0: If that makes sense. <laughs> it does, absolutely. Right. Um, my next question is how was the move to Minneapolis for you? How did that affect you as an artist?
1: Uh, man, I mean, well, I wasn't even an artist yet. I wasn't an artist at all in Cleveland. Uh, I wasn't even an artist in the military. I just was somebody making beats trying to get into the local communities of hip-hop and music within my local surroundings by sending beats and collaborating with people that were creatives.
0: Mm-hmm. And then
1: when I got to Minneapolis, I was still making beats, but then I was living with my brother and he was helping me uh, get accustomed to civilian lifestyle because I, I just got fresh out of the military. Mm-hmm. It was hard to kind of adjust that life for a little bit. So he kind of helped me kind of get on my feet for like that first year I was out in the military. And then ultimately it kind of started spreading my wings, getting into the community, started getting involved with the local music scene in Minneapolis. Um, and, oh man, that's another story in itself. Yeah. But basically I be, went from making beats in Minneapolis to my computer crashing, losing all my beats. Uh, and then I decided to rap. I saw a couple of local artists in the, in the Minneapolis scene and I saw the attention they were getting and I saw the praise and respect they were getting for this type of music they were releasing,
0: and I was like, man,
1: I, I got some shit to say, I got some shit to talk about, you know what I mean? Like, I, mm. I wanna, I wanna try my hand at the music, you know what I mean? Like, I'm tired of making beats and people not really doing shit with my beats, and I'm wasting my time and energy. Maybe I can do something to my own beats or whatever, you know what I mean? So that's why I tried to. I never, I, when I started, I didn't know how to rap, I didn't know how to make music, I didn't know how to be a vocalist, I didn't know my vocal range, I didn't. Vocal trained myself. I, I wasn't uncomfortable hearing myself on mm-hmm. on on record. You know what I mean. So for them first several years, I sucked. I sucked really bad. You know what I mean. Like yeah. people would make fun of it or whatever. Like I was nervous, scared to record around people that type of thing. Like because I wasn't confident with myself as an artist at that time mm-hmm. because I was new. I just was decided overnight. I'm gonna give it a crack at it. You know what I mean. But I mean, you
0: went from and... that to um, can you hear us now? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm surprised you <laughs> haven't
1: seen that. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah.
0: But-
1: so, yeah, I went from I went from going to Minneapolis, learning the scene, to ultimately getting signed in 2017 out of Hollywood, California, at Rostrum Records, which is the same label as Wiz Khalifa and Mac Miller when they started. Before they both went to Atlantic, and then that deal went shitty from shitty management and just poor structure and organization. And uh, that kind of ultimately went sour. And then I've been independent now for three years additional after that. And now I'm back in a position to where it looks like I never left game. It looks like I never ran out of money. It looks like I never went broke. It looks like I never fell off. It looks, you know, I'm, I'm back, I'm back in my bag. I'm, I'm back comfortable. You know, I got my finances looking better. You know what I mean? Like everything's starting to slowly move into the direction where I want my life to, to, to move in totality. So, But Minneapolis was the grounds for that. Uh, There was no hip-hop community there. We didn't have a radio station for a long time. Wow. So Peter Parker came from Cleveland and started his own brand here in (laughs) Minneapolis. So he was the king of the radio station for several years out here, several years. And I'm going to say several grueling years uh, because the relationship with him and the city participants and The city patrons, including myself and some of the local artists, was not the greatest. Uh, There could have been things that he could have done a lot easier and a lot better. But some people aren't built the same, and some people don't move the same. You know what I mean? You know, some people move different. So it just, it just uh, ultimately the radio got shut down, and now there is no hip hop station in Minneapolis, and there's no PR services in Minneapolis. So there is zero hip hop community there. So a lot of starving local artists are kind of sitting in abandonment without anybody to kind of open up labels and PR firms and media companies and publishing companies and artists developing school programs, classes, courses, that type of thing. So right now it's a pretty much open stomping ground, which is why I'm expanding my wife's company to my uh, local hometown to kind of give some of the other local guys a chance to to actually try to get out of the city and actually go find some external money instead of swallowing and drowning into uh, 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 an industry that's fabricated or doesn't exist uh, locally because so, the resources aren't just readily available for it.
0: So family and community is very important to you, yes?
1: Absolutely. I'm a veteran, I'm a disabled veteran. I give back to other veterans that might be suffering through PTSD like myself and uh, who have hearing loss or back pains or anything going on. Uh, I help people kind of overcome their issues as well as learning to overcome my own traumas, letting people know that it is okay to overcome some traumas in your life and chase the things that you wanna go after and still do that with having family and organizing your relationships among people and not always having to be angry towards people all the time and Mm -hmm. taking your thoughts out or having anxiety in in, in insecure situations, which is something that I'm still learning to get over as an artist and as a father and as just a, a person in general.
0: Do you um, tend to express your anger in the way you feel and the emotions you go through in your music?
1: Uh, I used to. I used to. That was the record that actually got me signed. I was really angry and frustrated, and I was broke. I had five hundred dollars. I was mad. I was going through like Loki a divorce at the time, um, and it just was. It just was a shitty situation in my life. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh, I recorded that record in 10 minutes. Uh, it was just more of like, fuck it. I want to put something out. I don't know what it is, but I'm just keep focusing on my dream. My life is shitty. I need to get out of this situation I'm in. And I guess people, the song makes pretty much no sense. It's like no content. But basically, I think what really gravitated people towards that was how raw and or organic the video was. Mm-hmm. And I think they felt my energy through the song. Yeah,
0: so energy the song is very gives important. You
1: yeah, it was that Ego record by Free Wi Fi. So if you type in Free Wi Fi, Ego, that was a record that got assigned uh mm-hmm. in twenty seventeen. You know what I mean? That was that was that's what cracked off everything. So ever since Ego, all the records that came out after that, that was just like stemmed from that one that one song. You know, I just think it, i honestly think it's the energy that people felt my frustration because I was tired of my situation.
0: Yeah. I you think I, mean? I, I was wanna was tired of my situation. I think I, I, with that, with you saying that, I want to go back to, um, can, can you hear us now? When did you sure. write that? And were you frustrated when you wrote that? Yeah, I
1: was very frustrated. I was living in Long Beach. And this was when I was still recovering, bouncing back from everything. I was mm-hmm. just literally, literally six months ago. I, would, I probably wouldn't have hardly any money to my name. You know what I mean? And people didn't even fucking know that. Like you'd look mm-hmm. online and think I'm balling or something because I was signed. I'm blue checked floating around society for two, two years. People thinking, Oh, give me some bread. Help me sign me. Not even knowing that I'm trying to maintain my rent, maintain my car noise or, or even just buying a used beater. after Lynch. My car gets repo type shit. So it was just more of like everything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Everything. Uh, and and I was kinda of going through that all over again in California and I'm sitting here like how the fuck am I in California? I'm struggling. I get dropped. I'm I'm on the verge of, of, of trying to get to where i want, but it's just it's exhausting. It's too much shit at stake. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was too much shit that was fucking with me. I was living in a shitty apartment, dirty floors, roaches, you know what I mean? Like stupid shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So bars in the windows, you can't sleep at night, it's frustrating, there's shootings on the corner. I'm like, I didn't dream this for my life. How do I go from TV and radio back to that? How does that happen?
0: Mm-hmm. You know
1: what I mean? Yeah. So when I made when I made that record, uh, it, w- it was that was like the icing on the cake because that's my hometown. I wake up and I, see, you know, I'm looking at the news and I'm seeing George Floyd, you know, police right on his neck, and that's right on uh, right off of, uh, I think I think I want to say this near Chicago over south 34 from Chicago, I believe is the intersection uh, that he was murdered on. Mm-hmm. So we went over there. I seen when it happened, and I felt compelled to go back because people are asking me, Rick, you haven't been here? What's going on? And they're not asking me to come back and do anything, but we don't have any Jay-Zs. We Mm -hmm. didn't have any fucking Jay-Zs of the city. The biggest nigga that came out of the city was Prince, and he fucking died.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So then the next nigga you got in line is the the niggas that's, you know, running the hip-hop scene with the boom baps and shit, which is already a controversy in itself because the whole thing was the fact that Minneapolis was so racist that even the hip hop scene didn't hardly shine on black hip hop natives. They always shined on white hip hop artists or alike. And I don't want to say that to offend anybody, but that was the underground underlying truth in the hip hop community in Minneapolis. The stigma is the black community has no money. They're too broke. So nobody's coming out of the city in the black community in hip hop. But all the white selectors in the city that work jobs in 95s and have. You know, pension plans, all that type of stuff are starting to wrap. They're smarter with their money. They're putting it where it needs to go. next thing you know, they're coming out the city with, with more opportunities. Right. And people were getting frustrated because they felt like that wasn't a fair representation of what the real struggle was for the black community in Minneapolis, because that was not getting its light. It was not getting its 15 minute window to express itself to the world that, hey, there is a struggling community here. And this is not to outshine or to discredit our white brothers and sisters, Because I am half white and half black, so I have to deal with both the best and worst of of both of these worlds. Mm -hmm. And here I am deemed as a black and white man that is from technically Minneapolis now because people know me from that city. I felt compelled to go back. I felt compelled to go back, stand with my people, stand with my people in the street. We're we're, we're protesting for justice, for George Floyd, not only for George Floyd, but for, for the continued repetitive police brutality. Because right when I got signed, I was living over... In East St. Paul, in an (laughs) attic with somebody, and that same weekend, that's when Philando Castile was shot, seven minutes from the doorstep I lived in, in East St. Paul, to the point to where certain nights I go out and I couldn't get in and out the street because there's protesters leaking all the way back from the street he was shot at. And then, and then the capitals in St. Paul, which is another 15 minutes from where I live. So it's very heavily populated in that area at that time of that shooting. Then yeah. it was people in the street. And then when the same thing happened with George Floyd again, a year later, now it's more people in the street. So then I'm like, all right, I, I was there the first time, but I didn't have a voice the first time. I was still riffed, but I, I was just barely signed. I was barely making any noise. Nobody really knew me at the time of Philando Castile. So now that people know me at the time of George Floyd, the only thing I can do is stand up and be a voice for the community because it was so bad that friggin um, Nick Cannon and Jamie Foxx had to come and support our city along with some athletes because we don't have anyone else. Mm -hmm. We didn't have anybody. Our city was completely vulnerable. Minneapolis was very vulnerable, had no lead celebrities, no lead people putting on and and guiding and directing not only the black community, but just the the community as a whole in any direction. So it was just very, it was just very, uh, it was, it was very one-sided. You go to Minneapolis, it's, 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 uh, it's your stereotypical um, white privilege, unfortunately, and that's just what it is, you know, and trying to find loopholes to get out of that perpetuated stigma has been hell for a lot of us in the local community, I even have friends who are locked up for life right now for things that were justifiable
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, just because we don't have certain law structures in our justice system back home. That's another thing. So then to see a black man get killed on camera with a knee and to see officers still not be behind uh, bars it just kind of lets you see and It's like, okay, how much further is this going to go? The only thing I can do my power is go and talk to these people, be a part of the community, let them know I'm not afraid to come outside, that I, I stand for with them. You know what I mean? And maybe if somebody see my face, and somebody else will get the courage to come do the same thing? And then who knows? And then we're standing with the Jamie Foxes, and then maybe our presence looks a little bit bigger than just us not doing anything, and, and it just looks like we don't give a
0: shit Well, you know, we don't have face, your, The you know I mean? video that you released for the song was extremely impactful to see people out there. It was it was amazing. I mean, I place. hope it was.
1: I just thought it was, I needed it more impactful. You know what I mean? <laughs> but you know, it is what it is. I mean, I, I hope it reached
0: the right people. I think <clears> you <and throat> touched a I lot more about. people than you know. Okay. Do you feel um, like you're extremely self-critical? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> uh, are you tough on yourself? As, a, uh, as Absolutely. A... <laughs> Absolutely. I
1: am. And I'm learning to not be and that's a military disability, me just always cracking down, trying to do better, trying to do better, because you can't turn it off, you can't press mute. So sometimes my issue is I don't know when to stop working, so then I have a tendency to burn out, boil out, and then my wife is here to balance that with more vacations and trips and shit, telling me work hard, play hard. So I'm working on it, I'm working on uh, not working too hard, and, and this is something that I'll, I'll leave you with too. I I took that. I learned this from Drake recently. I think I learned a lot of shit from Drake. And I don't wanna sound that in no cliche way, but let's be real, the niggas the artist of the decade right now, still. And he said some shit that made so much sense. Um the seventy-two hour rule, everything, give everything seventy two hours before you react to it, and don't look at the angle. Focus on the end goal, but don't focus on the end goal. Focus on doing the best you can in the moment in time right now and the space and opportunities that you're given right now in this moment, time, and space. Do the focus on doing the best you can in present time. Because mm. what I've been doing, he says, if you focus on the end goal too much, what's going to happen is you're going to start beating yourself up in the middle on the journey. Yeah. Enjoy the journey. Because you're going to be like, oh, I could have been doing, but doing more here. I could have been working harder here. But if you enjoy learning, enjoy the journey, and do the best you can on the journey right now in the moment of time, you'll You'll be happy with your choices and, and that's what I'm trying to focus my learning and my my, my 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 attention on because I've always been so focused on trying to go where I want to go, I miss out on opportunities I'm too caught up in stress and worry because I'm upset about where my life is not going or where it's at, and then that perpetuates that energy and then puts me in a further cycle of of doubt and um of of, of just struggling which which is what I kind of lived through on the on the first couple of rough, bumpy years here in California
0: right. was yes. hell. You know what I mean,
1: but all of the all of that shit is just made me realize like, yo, no, like, like, there's no shortcuts, man. There there's are no, no shortcuts, shortcuts,
0: especially when you do it honest.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I even tried the unhonest way uh, a few times. It just it's just not for me. It doesn't work. It just adds more stress, more anxiety, more danger, more violence to your lifestyle, and then you start to affect the people. Uh, that care about you around you,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: and then I started seeing it happen firsthand around me, uh, and ultimately I just separated myself uh, from those type of lifestyle choices. So,
0: and, and I pride myself on that. Trevor, I just want to say that from looking at and watching from a distance, <laughs> a lot of people will never know what you went through. And, no, no. <laughs> it, and I'm so glad that I can interview you to tell your story because it's important that people yeah. know that, even though they hear it all the time, just because you have a blue check and just because a lot of videos are being put out and song after song, mm-hmm. a lot of the times that's coming out of that artist's pocket. That, mm-hmm. that blue check doesn't mean that checks are coming into bank. <laughs> no, it doesn't. No,
1: it, it just means you have an opportunity to manifest that and turn that around into potentially checks.
0: Absolutely, you know, that's all that means, you so, know,
1: but, you know, you need it to solidify your brand online. That's yeah. all that's good for is to let the world know that you're an official brand of some sort, a business,
0: you know. Right. So what's
1: next? Uh, we see what's happening next. Okay. Okay. I was playing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I have uh, which, what's next in which context? What's next with the music? What's next with my personal life? What's next with what other, you know. Yes, Dark moves, the answer secret is light yes. I'm gonna all, make everything,
0: all of the above. We, I really want to know what's next. I know you have a song coming out April second. Yeah, yeah, um,
1: yep.
0: I know so your daughter I, is I'll, doing some things. Like what's next? Yeah. Okay, so I'll I'll give you a little peek
1: into the future, but you know, something's got to be kept under the rug because you know <laughs> they work in silence, silence. Right. I mean? <laughs> you gotta live, gotta live out of code. Yeah, uh, but. Basically, you know, just to talk my shit a little bit, we um, where our daughter's pretty much almost SAG Afra, which means she's pretty much SAG Union. So her friends are in Netflix films. My daughter's been on HBO. She's about to be a, but hopefully, she lands this Netflix gig that she's been trying out for. I've been trying my hand on short films, been trying my hand on TV shows and series. I've been submitting my music for publications and uh you know getting into music movies and video games shit like that so uh those are little peaks into the future so if you start seeing things rolling out in video games things like that that's because of the work that we're putting in now we're self-submitting asking questions hitting people up at, you know what do you guys need here's a catalog check you know that type of thing uh okay. outside the music my wife's pr company is growing uh we're thinking of expanding in minneapolis um, it's it's kind of already been in discussion and underway. We just have to figure out the logistics of how we're actually going to do it. Uh, so that's another peak uh, that's potentially being in the works. Uh, me and my wife are coming up with a merch line, uh, you know, just for clothing for another store, stream of income. Now that Instagram has put the little shop option on there, we might as well just give it a, give it a whirl.
0: Okay. You know, probably
1: throw some little ads on it, try to try to garner some sales with you know, more content, interviews, BTS, behind the scenes, you know how it is, and then hopefully, potentially, it just draws on people to get attracted and interested to whatever we got going on, so uh, I got another song and video dropping on April 30th, so people get two videos next month, not just one, so oh. that's a little surprise. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and I have, I have two more on the way right after that, and then one just came in today, so I have three videos on the way right after that, but I won't let you guys know the release date's on those yet, um, and then what else? Oh, yeah. And I'll give you this. Um, I'm going to be in a studio um, with somebody Up. from Cleveland, Ohio, Up. that is a decent, relevant artist. OK. And I won't share who it is until you guys see me on Wednesday in the studio.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So where can we find you if we want to listen to your music, see what you're doing? Where can we find you? Um,
1: everywhere online, pretty much. If You could just Google The Rift, that's T-H-A uh, space R-I-F-T, uh, The with an A, and then Rift. If you Google that, all of my stuff will probably pop up in the knowledge panel. You can find my streaming links. Um, just for people who are looking for certain music, some music I am in the middle of switching my distributors, so some songs might not be available until these next several coming weeks when they start mm-hmm. popping back up on the streaming platforms, because I have some people asking because some music has been missing. So just to put that out there. But if you Google me, it'll pop up everywhere.
0: Trevor, thank you for taking some time. I, I, while you're on the scene of a video to do this interview with me, I truly <laughs> appreciate yeah, you taking yeah, this time. Oh, that, oh, yeah. That's another thing. That's uh, another dude from Cleveland, too. Uh, Medusa. Okay. You know,
1: shout out to Medusa's son, man. He, uh, from the land. So this is actually... Uh, my first Cleveland feature here in L.A., and we're going we're gonna to showcase that to the world, and hopefully we can kind of circle it back to some people back home and uh, garner some new supporters.
0: So at Atelier we 11 want we just want to let our guests know that it's very important to make sure you're taking care of yourself, and as a successful artist, to take some time for yourself and take care of yourself because we love you and we believe in you. Oh, yeah. And we oh, yeah. really want you to succeed.
1: Oh, no, thank you. I appreciate you even uh, having me on the show and taking the time to even talk to me. You know, I'm hoping that some of these questions and answers can get to the right ears of people who might need to hear it to reassure them on certain life journeys. And uh, let's talk again soon. Let's let's get on another chat sometime. Uh, and hopefully I can probably even bring you on one of my lives and we gonna be scheduling too.
0: Sounds good so, to me. Thank you so much. All right.
1: Yeah, take it easy.
0: All right. Thank you everyone for joining us for our episode of Atelier 1121. If you would like to be a guest, if you are an artist in music, painting, fashion, or whatever your discipline is, please don't hesitate to email us at info at com. That's info at ontavia r-o-u-l-e-t-t-e. Also, please follow us on Instagram at Atelier1121. You can also follow my personal Instagram page, Ontavia Roulette, and that's at O-N-T-A-V-I-A, r-o-u-l-e-t-t-e. Thank you again. And if you would like to see more from me and The Riff, we will be on Instagram live March 24th at 9 p.m. Please don't hesitate to log in and join the live and enjoy our time. We're going to be talking about some entrepreneur experiences and how we can help us in the black community. Thank you again. Have a great night.